Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. Hey, you're listening to the Work For It podcast. It's Brian House. I am back from New York, and you're listening in to the sultry sounds of business in the workshop. That is right. If you saw me at Maker Camp and you said hi, thank you so much for telling me that you listened to the show. I was really surprised. I heard from so many people, faces I didn't recognize, names I didn't recognize, that said they absolutely love the show, and it meant so much. And it makes me feel like we are on the right path doing this yeah. at these shows. So anyways, I'm back from New York. We got so much to talk about. We're here. We're semi-queer. I don't know. What? I, <laughs> we're here to stay, baby. You can leave me out of that one. <laughs> let's Come go, on, Brian. Let's do it. Let's work for it, baby. Yeah. All right. I don't know where I was going with that. I just I'm tired. Listen, my flight got delayed. I'm in the I was I was wasn't even supposed to be on this episode, but I pushed my flight forward so I could or pushed it back or whatever you want to call it. I got it on an earlier flight so that I could be down here and then of course it was delayed <laughs> into the middle of the night. Uh but I did end up making it. So, I'm back in Florida. I'm back in my workshop and I'm doing, you know, my regular thing. Getting back into the groove of things, so that's awesome, man. It sounds like you've had an absolute blast at Maker Camp. I'm sure we're going to jump into that later on, but to start the show off, Pickle, what's going on in your workshop this week? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out what happened to Brian in New York because, <laughs> according to his last statement and how he is when he came back from there, uh, I just know that I'm Pickle. I'm mean, right. nothing else. What to happens do with any in of that. East Durham, New York, yes. stays <laughs> in East Durham, New York. <laughs> oh, oh, dude, my uh, my week is uh, full of steel smashing and grinding and stuff like that. Uh, working ways on uh, this batch, I got ten blades going on. There's three of those that are just basic mono steel AEBL, and the rest are all either Damascus or sand mice of some type, copper or nickel, or there's a bunch of it. If you guys haven't seen it yet, it's worth checking out my page. And uh, that's where, uh, that's where I stand this week is grinding out these orders. Yeah, dude. I saw that little baby knife that you're doing. Are you seriously calling that thing? The pickle chip? I, it would be called the chip, just the chip, right? Straight up chip. Yeah. Like the PK chip. Ooh, BK chip is mean. I like yeah, that. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, I kind of like that. But, you know, that was just an, uh, an end cut off a of billet. That was like, you know what? You, you're the one that actually inspired me to do it. And I was like, Cone does these mini knives. So I was like, I don't want to copy him, but I got this little piece of steel that I'm sure I could make a blade out of. But uh, definitely inspired from your end to oh, do that. Man. And uh, it came out really, really good, I think. It's pretty I've got, I've got only one piece of advice for you. Go smaller, even Jesus, smaller, dude. dude. I think, like, how am I supposed to hold it? That's the thing. <laughs> like, this blade's about the size of my thumb. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, when I was grinding it, my thumb was hanging off off of it. You know, like, I was grinding my thumb. I'm have currently. You seen, w- have oh, you seen ahead. Noah Vachon's 
little yeah. knives that he does. He His brought micros, one to make yeah. it. Yeah, they're great. He, I was like, whoa, these really are small. I mean, they're what are people cutting tiny. with them though? Like raisins? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the hell you want. Sorry, idiot. sorry, Noah. I know it's more of a novelty piece and all that, but like, <laughs> that's what I could imagine when I first saw those. It was like a GI Joe figurine holding one of those. <laughs> what I like about them is that they're they're. Um, What's the word where they're 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 all, they all match the size like it matches the size. What's the what's the word like it's the it's, ratio. The ratios mm. are right. So yeah, so yeah. it's like uh, when you look at that knife, it's literally just a, it looks like somebody shot it with a shrink ray and just yeah. shrunk it down. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I'm currently working on one where the blade is only a half inch. Jesus it's Christ. wild. It's absolutely <laughs> wild. It's a fun little. It's it's just a cute little thing, and they sell quick, so I like them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, mine sold pretty quick too. Like, I just the the end piece of that bar that I had left was from an order, and then I I ground it, and then I test etched it after heat treat and all that. Actually, before, actually, it wasn't even done yet. Yeah, I didn't even get it ground. I just showed Buddy that I'd gotten this custom, and I showed him. I was like, "This is what I cut out from the rest of that billet." You know, he's like, "Oh, what do you want for that?" And I just threw a price out. And uh, he grabbed it, so that's awesome. Nice. The other yeah. thing is, like, you're just using up scraps, so it's it, there's yeah. zero overhead cost. Maybe if you got a pin in it, or you know, maybe the glue. Do you, do you count the glue? <laughs> yeah, no, the thing that's the thing. You know, glue. You know, a hundred dollars worth of epoxy lasts me months and months and months. That's not even something I take into to account when I'm pricing a knife is like, oh shit, yeah, that uh, 3.5 ounces of epoxy I used on that one handle on this right. one handle had seven ounces, you know, and I don't do none of that. Like yeah. I don't, that's a discussion I think I already had with Brian or maybe even on the show is how I don't even have any lists like that to where, you mm. know, for hardware pins, material prices, like I just throw a price out on top of my head and voila. That's crazy. That's nuts. You're just that good. You just know what nah, you want for it. No, nah, I just I just ask a price and I get it. I, I hate figuring out all that other stuff, so I just don't do it. <laughs> we're we're forced to do it because we have so many nuts and bolts and screws and Yeah, exactly. You have to count all that I stuff. Know. I know that I don't have three hundred dollars worth of material into a knife that I'm charging five hundred for for say, you know. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. We we did it in the production breakdown with Brent. Um, actually he did all the work. He just broke oh, yeah, down in the cost yeah. because we wanted to know like, Hey, if we start uh, selling these, like at what, where's our margin at and where can we take and shave off if we decide to machine them? You know, you're not doing as much time. You're not have, you know, there's not as much hand or face time on the knife. So we needed to know that it was very specific and, you know, we were able to cut down labor from four hours to one hour, which is great. Uh, but you know, your costs are still there. Your hard costs, you can't change it. So yeah, it worked out. Mm. There you go. All right. What's up with your, uh, your end of the deal, uh, Cone? My week was brought to you by the letter F fucking flakes, family funerals and forging press. Ooh, fucking flakes. Did it snow? No, not no oh. snow. So <laughs> the fucking flake story was basically, it's always this where it was a friend of a friend and he said, oh, I'm a big fan of your work and I love what you're doing. Love supporting small businesses. And uh, basically he said, I want a piece of your work. I would like a big, you know, big fuck off, you know, chef knife to take out camping with me. 
Basically, I want to have one knife that I can take to camp and use it for everything. Perfect. I got you. So we spend maybe an hour and a half, almost two hours designing it up and changing little things, you know, really tailoring it to him, what like I love doing. And uh, basically it came down to him saying, you know what? I don't have the half down right now, but I'll have it in a week. Well, I'm thinking it's a friend of a friend. I'm starting a new batch. Screw it. I'll just start it anyways. Yeah, he's good for it, right? It's, it's a buddy of a buddy. He's, he's good. So I started with the batch, and then I did get sidetracked with the Frankenmuth batch, so I set it aside. Well, I started it back up this past week, and you've got it up, you know, passed through heat treat, in through bevels, and I take a good picture of it to go send it the updates like I normally do. You know, really nice picture, you know, all the, the clean bevels on the, you know, forge texture on top like he wanted. And I go to send him it, and he's blocked me everywhere. So Ooh. he's a Blocked fucking flake. Yeah. Well, if he's listening to this right now, he's a fucking douche. Fucking flake. So Man. basically what I did is I just made a little piece of content like, hey, you know, I, I have I have this cool design and we can we can make it to your handles, your your colors, your handle material, whatever you want. And we'll do it like that. So and it got sold. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Hey, so it worked out. It worked out. Yeah, it all worked out in the end. So that's the fucking flake story. At the family funeral, we had Emily's grandma pass away, so we went to the funeral this past weekend. Really great. Seeing a bunch of people, hanging out with them. But uh, literally on the drive up north, about two-hour drive north to this to the funeral, um, I'm playing on Facebook Marketplace because, you know, the van's dead, so I need to start looking for a new vehicle. So I'm playing on Facebook Marketplace, and all of a sudden I see Forging Press up for grabs and it's like not 20 minutes south of our you know our my new shop so i'm like all right well let's go ahead and look at this so i you know look at it you know look everything over uh looks kind of an old you know cobbled together piece but i mean obviously it's it's stout it looks good so i start messaging them and they and tell them that i'm on my way north but if you can hold on to it till monday or tuesday i'd love to go and come out and look at it so that Monday or Tuesday, it ended up being Tuesday, which was yesterday. So we went over, after we got back from the funeral and got some more. Like they, they took videos of them crushing boards and shit with it. So like, hey, it's it's functional, right? Cool. So we get down there on yesterday, Tuesday. And uh, basically I, I walked in and, you know, they're telling me all about it. It was, it's first of all, this place is a giant fucking farm. The biggest one I've ever been on. I mean, it's got three barns that are like air airliner hangers. Like they're just gigantic. They've got all the toys. Uh, they had an anvil sitting out front that was at least 400 pounds. This thing was massive. Had to walk past that, almost cried to walk past it, but you know, it is what it is. So he get inside and he shows me it and he's you know telling me that his, his grandfather who just passed away built it a long time ago. They don't know hardly anything about it. It's just been sitting in a corner for, you know, decades. And uh, they tried to use it to like press some bearings in and it wasn't, it wasn't enough for what they're trying to do. They're true in like tractor bearings. Like it, it wasn't what they were looking for. It didn't have enough area or what, I don't know what the, what their problem was with it. So they ended up buying a hundred ton, like industrial size one. And they said, well, we don't need this anymore. So I'm looking at it. We're trying to move it. It literally takes my my future father-in-law, Roger, and I, both of us, really reefing on this thing just to t- 
turn it, like to move it. So the thing weighs like 1,500 pounds at least. And uh, <laughs> we're thinking, oh, shit, this is, this is huge. This is way bigger than we thought it was. So, I mean, we saw it moving, we saw it working, and I handed him the money. The whole, th- this, this machine cost me $500. Absolutely. You can't even buy the RAM no. motor for that. I mean, it's such a good deal. If I took everything off of it and just sold the steel, it would be more than five hundred dollars. Yeah, like this Mm -hmm. thing was an absolute steal for sure. So he grabs their giant forklift. I mean, Apollo on steroids. This thing was huge, huge, huge. And uh, basically, he lifted it up and put it in the back of the truck and said, "Good luck," because we had no idea how we're going to get this thing down on the other end. So we ride for 20 miles, and let me tell you, it felt like we hit every fucking pothole between their their farm and my shop. And every <laughs> single time I'm sitting there like, oh, my God, it's going to fall. <laughs> I mean, we had it strapped down, but like, yeah. <laughs> but we finally got there, and I start calling around to different places like Home Depot or, you know, a couple renting places. Like, hey, you got a forklift or something we can borrow for a couple years or a couple hours you know, whatever the price is, it'd be a lot safer to get a forklift to bring this thing down than trying to do what we ended up doing. Everywhere didn't have a forklift. There's only one forklift for rent in Mount Pleasant, and it was already rented for the day. Hmm. So we just did it Egyptian style, where we grabbed a couple boards and I called over a couple buddies, used a ratchet strap and a uh, what did you what did you say I was supposed to get yesterday? Something a chain, to come along. The chain hoist or a come along. Yeah. We got yeah. a chain hoist, a little $50 one from uh, Hobo Freight. But we ended up just slowly tipping it over and basically just slowly brought it to the ground with a couple boards, and we cracked three smooth. of the four boards. What, watching the video, I was like, it looks like a pretty smooth operation. You guys took your time. <laughs> yeah, no, I know it, I know there, it was sketchy, but you did it. You took your time. Like right before I got off the phone with Brian, I was like, remember this process? Slow is fast. When oh you're moving, God. having things because, you know, just one slip and then the somebody loses a leg. Is, right. Yeah. Or or destroys the, itself or the truck or. Yeah. Could be worse. Yeah. Just completely drop it. You never oh know. Oh, my God. I, I think I probably feel and, you know, I was talking to uh, Timber Tiger about it. He said, just take the take all the components off and just drop it into some grass. <laughs> <laughs> that was his suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> But, I've heard you know, smarter pieces of advice, Chris. <laughs> I think I think he was screwing around. I, I, I think he was like so many people. I made I made six yeah, reels no, about yeah. this yesterday, and people are saying reverse hard, break fast. You know, that's you know just goofing. But yeah, we <laughs> got it, it on the lawn. <laughs> but we got the thing down, and we I mean it probably took us about an hour and a half. That that um that time lapse makes it look a lot easier than what it was for sure. Yeah. But it's it's in the shop. It's sitting in its spot, and it's crushing hard, dude. I'm so excited. Yes, sir. We uh we did some calculations on the on the piston, and it comes out. I think it's somewhere between 18 and 19 tons. Wow. Okay. So it's probably yeah. a 20 ton. Yeah. If you look at if you look at the calculations, like they make rams in certain sizes and increments. Yeah. And uh, 20 ton is one of them. So you'd be able to. Uh, determine that, you know, figure it out. If you're close to 19, then it's probably 20 tons. 
Well, so what it what it is is it's the the piston or the shaft inside is an inch and an eighth, and the housing is four inches, and it's got three thousand pounds of pressure. So yep. that comes out to like eighteen point eight, and then a bunch of numbers. Yep. yep. So yeah, it's wild. It's it's gonna be a huge step up. It's gonna be something that I never thought I was gonna have this early in my making career, <clears throat> and it didn't hurt the pocketbook too bad. So it's it's a fucking great day. Yeah, not five hundred dollars is a great price for sure. Yeah, that's that's not hurting a pocketbook. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna pay for itself in two billets real oh, quick yeah, yeah. you're Easily. gonna spend you're probably gonna spend more on steel within your first few months than you did on the press right absolutely you know like stock up on steel and like yeah get yourself some you know thinner stock some varying stock thickness as well too because mm. you, you you could play with your pattern a lot with different thickness of materials you know if one sixteenths versus uh, one eighth thick ten series in Damascus will put a thicker, thinner, darker line in there. You know what I'm saying? Depending oh, on yeah. how thick it is. Same thing with quarter inch or three sixteenths, whatever you're throwing in there. So it's good to have a selection of thicknesses in your material. For sure, uh, for sure. Quarter um, inch for cores and stuff like that too. Like if you're doing sand mice and. The other thing I've been thinking about, or the next big thing is, I there is a super, I mean, this thing was hand-built, so it's it's very odd. So yep. the or the dies I'm going to have to have made or make myself, where, I mean, it's just going to have to be custom fit to what it is. And um, so it's got, what I've got currently set up is kind of like a, a drawing die. It looks like maybe it's a half-inch you know, on the top and maybe an inch, you know, on the bottom. So it's, it's an offset. Basically they gave me all the dies it had only these two are working fun actually functional. So, I mean, I'm going to have to rig something together. I'm going to have to make it happen, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to need to get some flatting dies or figure out how to make that. I don't know. I'm, I'm so new to this stuff. I don't even know what I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, but it looks like really a very know? odd way. I I like it's a C frame press. So for those who haven't seen his reel, so it's not an H frame, which means like the you know it looks more like a coal iron, like a handmade version of a coal iron press. And it, I couldn't tell from the pictures or the video, but it it's like the bottom part of it is kind of welded to the front of it. It looks like, or does that go all the way down? Like does like the anvil portion of it, does it meet the floor or is it <laughs> so is it just the, sticking out of the side? The I-beam that's holding like the, the big tower, that is just one big hunkin' I-beam that goes from the top all the way to the ground. And then the anvil part of it also, it's I it's hard because it's it's so much is welded together, but that also looks like it's an I-beam that goes right down okay. to the ground. Okay, that's good because then all you gotta do is build off of that then. Yeah. I would get some half-inch plate, and I would make a, a flat surface that had some grooves in it so you could, you know, slide it in and out, slide uh, plates in and out where that goes. It should yeah. not be that tough to make. You know, start at the bottom, you know, and work your way up. Yeah. Yeah. No, it'll be great. You're going to you're gonna love that thing. It's going to probably frustrate you initially just because it wasn't built for exactly what you want to do with it, but all the core components are there. Yeah. It's stout enough where I... And especially at five hundred dollars, I don't feel bad messing with it, you know. 
Oh yeah, yeah. You can't you can't even buy a ram and a motor for that. No yeah. way. No, exactly. And the hose the power is long. Unit is yeah. Yeah. No, you Check. you you did good on that. That's why when you told me you brought it up to me and I was like five hundred dollars, dude. It was like yeah, go if it squishes steel. And it moves. It's worth the five hundred dollars. Yeah, for, for, sure, for safety sure. reasons, check the hoses. Like, yeah. look over them for dry rot. And if any of them are dry rotted, you can take them off, and you can take them to a hydraulic hose place that makes mm-hmm. them, and they'll re- they'll make you new versions of them. Okay. I and here's the reason why: because it's rated for three thousand psi. Most likely, it's running three thousand psi. I don't have to explain to you what happens at 2,000 PSI. <laughs> yeah. Hydraulic fluid, especially in that situation, gets very hot. And if it bursts that line, it's right in your face. I mean, it, it would be bad. So they yeah. make also they make sleeves that go over the hydraulic hoses. So you may want to buy some of that sleeving material if you do end up having to take it apart. Now, if the hoses look good and the integrity is there, I would just look for dry rot cracks. You just don't yeah. know. You know, you're look. You, it's been sitting for a while. It it it, it could be that those hoses are 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 starting to fail. Um, now, look for any bulges, and then also while you're running that thing, feel the hoses. You know, like what, turn it on and just put your hand. You know, sh- you know, take your hand and make a C shape, and then stroke the hose oh. up and down, <laughs> up and down. Now, feel now for any this... bulging, Brian. Mm, all right. <laughs> And if I'm lucky, it'll. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm gonna stop that right there. <laughs> and if you're lucky, <laughs> yeesh. All right, we're done. We're done. You know what, All guys? Right. I'm starting to wonder what I got myself into by saying, "Let's join the Work for It podcast, hey. Nick." That's <laughs> <laughs> a sausage fest up in here. Jeez, no doubt. Yes. All right. Well, enough sausage. about my press. Brian House, you got. You just went on a huge tirade through New York. I'm so excited to hear all about it. I don't even know where to start, but I, I'm going to tell you my favorite, like the the most, my most favorite moment uh, in at Maker Camp, and it wasn't even really at Maker Camp. It was I fly into New York, I drive up to East Durham, New York, or East Durham, check in. I don't even get to my hotel yet. I run into Keith Drennan from the Working Hands podcast. Nice. Um, and real quick side story: there was a period where I thought Keith was the Ben Stein of the maker community, right? Because he's very deadpan. He's, you know, soft-spoken or whatever. I'm retracting all of that now. He is officially the Hunter S. Thompson of the maker community now. And if you don't know who Hunter Thompson is, he's the main character in the movie Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. He also wrote the book Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. And, um, it, and not because of the drugs, just so much because of the way he moves and the way he looks and the, it just, it was like, he's Hunter Thompson. I'm just convinced he's like the, the younger personification of that. It's, it was great hanging out with Keith. We're trying to figure out the stands for the Apollos. So if you can imagine, uh, somebody dismantled all the Apollo, my crate and everything. I think it was Chris cash and Austin did this and they have all my Apollos laying out in the Lincoln electric tent. And we were going to weld up the stands and the bases uh, to get them up off the ground. All the metal was cut. Everything was ready to go. But there was no power. Like, we couldn't weld Mm. them. Keith says to me, well, Jimmy's got welders at his place. We can just take them all over there and we'll do it over there. And I turn to Keith and I go, Jimmy who? And he goes, (laughs) Duresta. And I go, 
<laughs> and I go, can I, can I come with you? And he's like, yeah, let's go, you know? And uh, so we hop in his truck and load up all the gear. We hop in his truck and we drive like 10 minutes up the road and we're, now we are in hollowed ground. Like I, I see the go-kart track. I see the house. I see the barn. I see the, all the, you know, the, there's landmarks that you just recognize. I've never been to East Durham, New York ever. And I'm recognizing places. We pull up to the barn, hop out of the truck and walk through that little man door into the, the barn, you know, with the stained glass window up top. And I hear from the other side of the shop, is that house? <laughs> and I turn and there's Jimmy and he's coming over and we just, I mean, it was like, I didn't even know he knew who I was. I know he's been on this podcast before, but I did not know that he even really remembers like any of the stuff I've done. And it was such a warm welcome, and he was just all, you know, we were just bullshitting, talking. We spent like two or three hours in Jimmy's shop. We welded up all the parts for the Apollo that needed to go and uh, met a bunch of really great people. The stories, I mean, I can't, I would, this podcast would be five hours long if I had. I'm here for it. I I hear you. (laughs) it, It was great. Um, and, and it was funny because I'm welding up these stands and Jimmy is standing over me watching me weld <laughs> with his equipment. Right. And, uh, he goes, he goes, what are you doing there? Are you doing some C's, you know, whatever. And, um, and I, I go, uh, yeah, I'm just doing d- like dimes. I'm making like zigzags basically. Cause my welds look really clean. As n- nervous as I was, I pulled off some pretty nice welds and, um, uh, blacksmith tools was there so he's watching me like he's literally like right over my shoulder and he's like yep yep that looks good that's what the, you know, the man knows what he's doing you know and and uh, jimmy's asking me all these questions i go let me just stop you for a second why are you fucking asking me for welding advice you don't need my advice he goes believe it or not he goes no i, I he's like you're using my equipment and these are some of the nicest welds that have come out of that equipment so he's like he was genuinely interested in my settings and everything and I'd never used that welder before. But uh, imagine how how nice those welds would have been if you had your Vivor welding lid. <laughs> I was using his uh, Lincoln Electric one. It was great. It was it, we I had know, a right? great time. Yeah, it it was uh, it was like nicer equipment than I have in my own shop. You know, it was yeah. it was really great. Um, and then uh, from there we we loaded up. We went back to Maker Camp. Got settled in. You know, started loading things up and started test firing all the Apollos. One of the things I had not done was actually fired these forges before they left Florida. I did not have time, so I just was hoping for the best. They burned hot, man. It was fantastic. The Watching people use your equipment, like my gear, it was almost better than using it yourself. Mm. Uh, here's, a, here's a story. So that, that night, Cliff Dufton and John Ariani uh, show up. And if you don't know who they are, Cliff Dufton, blacksmith, New York blacksmith, uh, John Ariani, Sunset Forge. They're hammer makers, essentially. They make a lot of different things, but hammers primarily. And they show up, and I can, I'm can i like probably 30, 40 feet away from them, and they're staring at my forge, and they're mm. laughing. I can see John like making fun of it, kind of. Like, what the fuck is this thing? Like, look at all the knobs and the shit and the bullshit coming off of this. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go over and show him how to fire it. And then I notice Cliff. He's, like, turning on the propane. He's, like, Cliff is a brainiac. The guy wants, he's a he's a lot like me. He likes to, he's curious. He wants to see how things work. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to wait. I'm just going to wait and see what they do with it. They fire it. They get it tuned in within, like, one minute. 
and they're both standing there going, holy shit. Like this thing is like, a, it's like a rocket ship. It's just yeah. heating up quick, even heats and they're using it. And, um, and then I go over and introduce myself, talk to them a little bit. And then now we're forging and every free minute that I got, I was in that tent with those guys, uh, hovering for the most part, just watching and learning. And then, um, yeah. So anyway, it was great to be there. And then of course, Jeff Fader shows up and he's doing his thing and he's making friction folders. Uh, one of the things about maker camp, like it's really hard to explain unless you've been there. <clears throat> Imagine like the social component of blade show. So let's just say you're at blade show. And, you, you know, the after hours, like at the pit. It's like that for three straight days. Yeah. Except you've got tools all around you. And you've got all these guys hanging around those tools making stuff. And you're able to go and use it too. And I think the biggest takeaway that I had there was how many people listen to this show. Mm-hmm. It was crazy how many people walked up to me who I never knew. I never knew their names or their faces or nothing and would tell me what this show means to them. Mm. I did not know how powerful the Work For podcast was and how dispersed, how many people listened to it. I honestly don't even look at the analytics. A couple times I looked at them and, you know, how many people download the show on day one, like stuff like that. But I don't really know much about our data. And Especially the last two shows, right? Last two shows have been strong. I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from the last two shows. No idea why. I've gotten a lot of messages myself too, and like and like you said, people you don't even know reach out to you, and like I got all those messages in my inbox too. Like, yeah, it's good to see you on the show. Good listening. Good show. And I, I don't even know who these people are. Thank you. Well, guys. well, I got a lot of that at Blade Show or at uh, Maker Camp because people were coming up to me going, "Pickles a great addition." It was like, I, I specifically called you out. Um, and then they said, you should get rid of that B-Cone guy. He's a, he's a joke. <laughs> no, no. Actually, multiple right, people came up. <laughs> it, was multiple. Good. it was good talking to you guys. I'm out of here. <laughs> See you guys later. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you. I'm out of here. <laughs> uh, let me tell you a story, Brian. So I'm standing there in the forging tent. And an older guy, a little older than me, comes up and walks up next to me. He says, he says, I love your podcast. He's telling me all about it. His name is Willie Schmidt. He's going to freak out when he hears his, vo- his name on the on the podcast because he mm-hmm. loves the show so much. And he um, told me his story. He moved here from Argentina when he was 18. This guy's a classic example of the American dream being alive, right? Immigrant comes from another country with nothing at 18. He's washing dishes. He's doing, <clears throat> he's literally doing whatever he can do to make his world. And then now he's a successful sure. person. And uh, he told me about how much he loves you being on the show because we get to witness your rise up, you know, from a beginning to stocking shelves at Target. He said it's important to to highlight these things. And and it's what's really interesting. We get to highlight it in real time. Right. We get to see somebody actually doing it and listen to their journey. And what it meant to him was a lot because and I get this a lot too, and this is common, but a lot of people like this, you know, this next generation coming up, you know, they're not, you know, they don't, they're entitled and they don't, you know, look, there's entitled people from every generation, believe it or not, exactly. there is. It doesn't matter. Not everyone's driven. Not everyone is designed the same way. So don't, don't look down on a whole generation just because you've there's more than one boat. people from it. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
So, but what he was saying was that it was nice to hear somebody that's in their, you know, twenties and thirties doing this now and pushing now. And it sheds a beautiful light on that generation. I said, I agree. It's the same. It's amazing. So lots of positive feedback on the show. Lots of just absolute great stories that come out of uh, maker camp. Um, and if you're interested in going next year, I highly suggest you buy your tickets now get on there or go to Austin and start doing your reservations next year. We're going to do something even bigger than we did this year mm. <clears throat> where we brainstorming it. Chris cash and I and Austin and Keith and we're, uh, we're, we're going to do some fun. stuff. I'm not going to announce it just yet. We're going to do sure. some great stuff though. We we're should do a podcast the from there. We fun. could do a podcast from there and, and the setup that we're going to be doing there will easily translate to a podcast studio. And so yeah, this like is interviews on the spot next year is totally going to be my um, it's it's right before my wedding. So this is going to kind of be the the big, you know, crazy thing we're going to do right before it. Yeah. As long as you can uh, pry yourself away uh, for that weekend before Shh. it would be great. Emily's got that shit planned a long oh time ago. God. I don't Here we to. go. Come on. We're having fun. <laughs> we're we're going to we're going to go down and have a great time for sure. Yeah. Are we going to have the get wet girls at Maker Camp? Or? Yo! <laughs> it's, it's more like the muddy sausage, boys. <laughs> See, sausage. I was I was planning on hiring out Britta. <laughs> Britta. Britta. She's occupied like lately, film, so. <laughs> we, we did get rained out on Saturday. It, it rained for 20 straight hours. And Holy shit. So... And when I say rain, I mean like rain, rain. Like oh, it was. I could muddy. imagine because we got we got good rain here. Yeah, and you guys aren't that far out. So, oh yeah, yeah that same imagine. storm went north. Yep. It was yep. headed your way. And uh, here's what I really loved about uh, the just the overall energy at Maker Camp was 20 hours of straight rain, literally flooding, flooding like six six inches of water on the ground. And everybody is laughing and smiling and enjoying themselves, walking around in the rain, sometimes through the rain, in the mud. No one cared. It was cold. You know, it was like in the 40s. And people were just like, hey, this is great. No problem. They had to turn the power off at one point. So we're all just kind of standing there in the dark. Um, Don't need power for a forge. No. Well, no, you do. My my forge requires a power (laughs) because it's got an air blower. The older forges, sure. the what, what Nate didn't offer fun. to back up his truck or anything like that and plug into his truck. <laughs> no, no, I felt <laughs> terrible for him. He he was like, I, he, he I just asked him on Sunday morning. I go, was it cold last night? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it was cold because he's sleeping in his <laughs> truck, you know. So it was, it was. Rough. Yeah, well, but, he had uh, a tent pitched on the back of his truck too. So, well, that was the I smart move because he was up, up off. Rain. No, it did, and it, it was. Getting up off the ground is the key. You can't be on the ground. Yeah. I mean, it was it was nuts. I did get a chance to hang out with uh, the very famous Jay Nielsen a couple times. Had lunch with him on Saturday, and then had uh, we did a. I trained him how to use the Apollo, and um, <clears throat> so I'm standing there with Jay, and he's like, "Oh, you built this," and he's kind of like off. He's like, you know, he was trying to be nice. You know, he was like standing there, like, okay, and then he's like. And then he says to me, he goes, well, I'm not a big fan of like square body forges, you know, because they don't get the vortex. And I said, Mm. hold my beer. And I put a piece (laughs) of cardboard in it and I lit it and I lit the forge and it just did that beautiful swirl. And he was like, how did you do that? And he he was like, my mind is like blown. He's never seen a square 
<clears throat> an internal square chamber of a forge do that before. And I showed him the air system and I showed him how we designed the ribbon burner. And uh, he was so impressed. He wants one in his workshop. We're going to mm -hmm. make that happen. And so, yeah, he <clears throat> used the forge for a few minutes and couldn't and then did a forging demo. The reason I had to train him on the forge was because he was doing a demo in the Broadbeck tent. And we were doing canister Damascus. And uh, the Broadbeck guys were so kind to us, by the way. They just they Sweet. treated us great. Yeah. Um, Ryan helped with a bunch of stuff because I needed him borrowing shit from them and whatever else. And the coal iron guys, too. They fantastic. Nate and the whole crew. Oh, my gosh. Loved hanging out with them. And um, but we lit the forge. He did a canister, was doing a canister Damascus uh, demo. And he I filmed some of it and I've got some uh, some of his thoughts. He actually gave his thoughts to the crowd on my forge. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Later, he pulls me aside and says, if you need to use any of that for your marketing, you're you're welcome to. Nice. And he's such a kind human. You know, he's so um, I've always been intimidated by him. Like I'd never walked up to him at Blade Show because I don't know. I mean, I always hang out with Dave Baker because Baker is just so jolly and fun and right. he loves to flirt with Sarah. So um, <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. And, and Jay, I never did it. I never talked with him. And then the, and today and that at maker camp, you know, we had to interact and I called him over for lunch and stuff. And we sat him and Shelly sat with us and me and Sarah and we had lunch and um, started talking and started, you know, just bonding over, you know, different things. And he's such a, kind human being like he on the show he loves you know he's got that sadist like you know like he just wants to <laughs> kill something but man when you talk to the guy he's just such a gentle human being he was such a good dude and a amazing database of knowledge mm. i know that he is a quote-unquote celebrity i know he's on tv but dude has so much knowledge. Listening to him talk about Canister Damascus, I was filming it because I had an ulterior motive because he was using my stuff. I learned so much during that. If you ever get a chance to learn, take a class from Jay, take it. It was so good. I learned so much stuff. So that was another highlight awesome. of the weekend. Yeah. Now, I saw that uh, Lawrence Lake was there, right? I had a hard time Dennis telling. Tyrell? Yeah, I had a hard time telling the difference between him and Dennis. But yeah, um, yeah, Lawrence was there, of course. Had a blast with Lawrence. Always do. <clears throat> Dennis Terrell was there. Jared from Echo Blades. Noah Vachon. Um, Chris from Full Steam Designs. Chris and uh, Corey from Full Steam Designs were both Rod there. Rod was there too. Who? Uh, Rod. Uh, well, uh, Rod Storm or whatever his. Uh, well, could his. What's he you do? You were fucking cutting boards with him. Oh, Ronders. Yeah, yeah. Ronders. Yes, oh, yeah. Ronders. Yeah, Ronders. Sorry about yep. that. Yep, yep, yep. Ron was there. Um, man, the list goes on. All, it, so uh, the Makeshift Podcast with Chris. I, I think I said the wrong one. So Makeshift Podcast is Chris and Corey from Odyssey CNC, Chris from Full Steam Designs, and then Keith Drennan, Tony from Woodland Iron, and Chad Custom Creations, even though he's not on the show so much anymore, from Working Hands Podcast was there. So you got a lot of podcast guys hanging out and all talking and everything. It was great. Green Street Joinery was there. Ivy Side. I mean, the list goes on. Pretty much everybody you watch on Instagram and YouTube was there. I mean, it was just. And it's not just killing. blacksmithing. That's the thing. No, too. no. Just it's a lot of everything other stuff. and their mothers and everything. Just 
it's it's amazing. Like I, I seriously have been watching it for you know past few years, like roll out over Instagram. Yep. And uh, I had said that I was going to make it this year, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it. But next year, I'm I'm definitely signing up for Makers Camp. Like I ain't missing out. No. Way. I think you could drive. I think. Oh yeah, I could definitely drive. I don't think it would be too far for. I looked at the it, map. It's no further I, than going down to Nova Scotia, like I did a few weeks ago when I went and hung out with Lawrence and all them. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's it's no further than that. I think it's actually less of a ride. Yeah, I I am uh, thoroughly impressed with. I I think what I expected and what actually was there was two different things. I had no idea how organized it was going to be, how well supported it was going to be. Um, I felt very supported always. If I needed a set of hands to do something, there was like 20 sets of hands always to help. It was such a well done event and I want to watch it grow and be a part of it. And so Austin and myself and Chris Cash, we're all going to get together and and brainstorm ideas for next year. Nice. You know me. I always got to, like, somehow end up in a leadership role. You know how it goes. <laughs> but, well, Pickle. Because you're just so damn good. Pickle, I love it. Pickle, you were just talking about going over to Nova Scotia to see Lawrence Lake. Why don't you tell us all about Maritime Knife Supply? Uh, for some reason, I had... A feeling that was coming up. <laughs> oh, come on. We got to get him in. <laughs> but no, I was going to ask, uh, I was going to ask Mr. House if uh, Lawrence had brought any goodies with him to uh, he, Maker's Camp. He brought some giveaways. Yeah. He, he had some them. like a uh, pad and pencil type deal and uh, a bunch of stickers and suckers. He was walking around with like little candy bags and giving them away to all the kids. It was great. Nice. Um, the the man knows how to promote, so it was. Oh, awesome. he definitely does. He is, uh, he is very, very uh, well educated on all that stuff. I think mm-hmm. you know, like he knows his way around how to get to people, and you know, just be there for the community, and not not only get their attention, but like get them personally as well too, because he does, you know, take the time to deal with all of his customers. You know, if he could do it face to face, he would. But you know, we live in a virtual world now. So, that being said, is Maritime Knife Supply is, in my opinion, the best knife supply shop for all your knife making needs. I'm not just saying this because Lawrence is a good guy. He's a good friend. He's been good for me and everybody else. I'm saying it because it is true. You don't have to go around and shop four different sites to get your order completed for what you need in your shop. You could literally pretty much get everything you need from your steel, your handle material, your, 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 your tools. You could get a bunch of stuff from there. You could get kilns. You could get, name it you guys got something to name yeah i do yeah i do uh so we collabed with dennis on the sharpening system and uh so that yeah so and then he shipped a whole bunch up to lawrence to sell in canada so you don't uh you know lawrence will take care of the duty and get it over the border and and he does a lot of that stuff too for the community you know like he helps the the canadian side of the community get access to some of these things that are not necessarily easy to get for us without a crazy fee, like shipping and all that stuff and brokerage fees and all that jazz. Like 
it's a nightmare, like logistical nightmare. And he takes a big part of that out for us because like you can't get gator piss over the border if you order directly from them, right? Well, Lawrence made it happen and now you don't have to worry about all that jazz. You could just order it directly from him. Nice. Go to MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. And if you want to add an awesome piece of steel to that uh, library of materials yes. that you could build a knife out of, make sure you hit up BakerForge.com. Koi and his warlock warriors in their workshop building the most beautiful and well-crafted steels for your next knife project that you can sell for 10x. I guarantee it will take your knife making to the next level. Go to BakerForge.com, and if you use WFI10 at checkout, you'll get 10% off, and there's no limit on that. So, you know, buy $1,000 worth of gear, you can get $100 off. That's a pretty cool thing. And then also our new sponsor, Pelican Paste. When you got that knife all done and shiny and perfect, and you want to keep it that way for you and your customer, make sure you coat it in Pelican Paste. Travis Haynes and his minions working, making, filling tins, and doing their thing. Pelican Paste is different than all the other waxy, oily products that end up in a tin. It is a hard shell wax that you heat up, add to your projects, and then it bakes in and, and coats in like a shell around whatever you're working on, protecting it from corrosion and buffs to a shine. It's a beautiful substance, and make sure you go grab some at pelicanpaste.com. And get this, if you use WFI10 there too, 10% off. WFI10? 10% off. WFI10 for 10% off. Pelicanpaste.com. Tell Travis, the boys over at Work For It, the sausage party sent you. <laughs> Uh, I feel like we're going to get made fun of for that opening. Let's be honest. I'm, That's fine. <laughs> do you, do you, at wh- where in the world? You've known me for a long time, Brian. You know I don't give a shit about that. If, you're, oh, yeah, if people yeah. are making fun of me, I'm on the right track. I'm oh, on yeah. the right track, baby. That's right. I, All right, guys. Speaking of, speaking of that real quick, though, I want to do a couple of things. I really want to help these other podcasts that are out there, and it's not because they're you know they need help. It's just that... I want to shout out Working Hands Podcast for real. Like, I listen to that podcast. It's a fantastic podcast if you're working, making anything. It's not knife-related per se, but they, it's woodworking and making and blacksmithing and all these things. So go out, check out Keith and Tony at the, at the Working Hands Podcast. And then also make sure you listen to Makeshift. One word, Makeshift with Corey and Chris. They're always talking about something interesting. And, in fact, I think tomorrow night I'm recording with them. And we're mm. going to do a Maker Camp recap. Nice. Uh, so make sure you uh, tune into that episode and uh, follow that crew. Um, that's it for now, I think, on podcasts. Oh, I'm going to shout out one more. <clears throat> this is a recommendation from Dave over at Make Every or Make Something. Make, uh, yeah, Make Something, I think, from Making It, the podcast Making It. Um, he had mentioned that Rick Rubin, who is a music producer in California, has a podcast. And I can I can't pronounce it. Just type in Rick Rubin podcast or whatever you'll find it. It's like T- Tara Gamagon or something like that. I can't even pronounce it. Um, but anyway, I started listening to that. If you're into music like I am, there's a couple of really great, not just a couple, like hundreds of great interviews on there. So if you're looking for audio content that's different, that kind of gets you outside of the maker world, um, I need that sometimes. Yeah. I like listening to, like for instance, I'm listening to the Trent Reznor 
um, interview from Nine Inch Nails. Nice. It's really good. It's really good. Uh, yeah, oh, I could imagine. Oh, it's because it, it's like Trent Reznor in his fifties, you know, talking about when he was in his twenties, you know, writing music. Yep. Right. So it's really good. So go check that out, Rick Rubin. Um, like I said, I can't pronounce the po- podcast name, but go check it out. Nice. Well, guys, let's go ahead and trans trans. Form over transform. Where the hell did that come from? Transition over to God. I started. I didn't talk for a minute, and all of a sudden, my tongue tied up. God. Did you Did you get some of my projects? Damn it. Let's do it. It's been a while. Got some wakey bakey action there this morning, buddy. God damn. Let's transform into. (laughs) Grab your short shorts. Jesus. Who wears short shorts? <laughs> did you see a, Did you see the video I posted on Facebook of Justin Trudeau in his twenties walking up to his mom for Mother's Day? No. So just imagine thirty years ago, men used to wear short shorts. You remember that, Brian? Right? Oh, oh yes, definitely. Well, Justin Trudeau walking up with a fucking belly cut shirt and fucking short shorts. He's like, "Hi!" I was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Short so shorts were a WFI thing, and men projects, wore them. Guys. Yeah, fuck the short shorts. Yeesh. All right, I've got one. I'm gonna try to not get tongue tied again. Pa- Papa underscore hatch underscore axe. Dude is a wizard with the axe handles. He he grabbed he refurbished this axe and he put on this absolutely just stunningly beautiful handle on this thing. So he said, sometimes the texture and the patina are just perfect. And he's talking about the fact that he didn't polish up the the head of the axe. He just kind of let that patina be what it is. And it looks absolutely gorgeous. So go check out Papa underscore Hatch underscore Axe. He's at 723 followers. I know he could use some more. Brian Hinnenkamp over at Tortuga Blade Works. uh, He's got a great video of a knife he made slicing a tomato paper thin. You can see all of the the layers of steel that he uh, put yes. together, forge welded, and then sliced right into that tomato. tomato. What I love about WFI projects is that post came from November of 2022. <laughs> it's just feeding it to me now. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much, Instagram. You're the best. I think that's a knife that he actually did maybe with his son or something like that too. I think that was a project. Like now that you say that back in 2022 and I'm looking at this Damascus that kind of rings a bell. Yeah. This post must've went semi-viral. It's got 1,577 likes on it. So nice. it's definitely one of those um, that went re- did really well for him. So that's great. Yeah. I sent out one of my uh, PK uh, EDC buddies to him. Nice. Oh, did you? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, All right. We worked a trade. He's going to be sending me one of his EDCs, and uh, he got one of mine. And we got Nuge. Thomas Nuge is getting one as well, too. Nice. I saw Nuge this weekend. Nice. Lucky. Yeah. He's very handsome. <laughs> it's that New Jersey in him. Right. We what well, you know what's funny is we're such knife nerds. Like the second we see each other, we're like pulling our knives out of our pockets and like looking at handle fit up and shit and like talking about all this nerdy stuff. It was great. We did it right inside of the maker swap tent tent too, and we were just like clogging it up. People were like trying to get around us and we're like 
I see how you did that. You put your handles like right up against the edge there. It looks good. It's like really nice and tight fit. It looks great. <laughs> People are like, get the fuck out of here, you knife nerds. <laughs> hey, before we go further with these uh, projects here, like I only see top posts. I'm on my computer. Don't on do it on the computer. That's the problem. You got to do it from the phone. You yeah. Gotta, or, yeah, unfortunately. Okay, well, I, I think... Look, we have second. to teach this newbie how to do hashtag WFI projects over here. <laughs> well, I tried figuring it out on my own. Well, here's the I'm thing. only seeing the same ones. So. The computer, it used to be that it would pull up everything. And I even tried like adding like a Instagram mobile um, add-in for Chrome. So it would yep. try to pull everything up. It did not work. The only See, way even on my phone, work. I'm only getting top posts and recent top posts. Mm. Uh, I, I can't recent, go through the I whole list. I always do recent top posts. That's just the best we can do. Actually, I do see more here, though, yeah. I'm going to shout out HT1 Metalworks. I love this guy's work. Have you seen him? He does the, the like all the navy brass pours with all the logos and stuff on it. Oh, that's interesting. It's like melted metal. I You guys saw that I made those uh, copper lightning bolts for Maker Camp. Yeah. And I was wandering around with those in my pocket and giving them away to everybody. I was trying to give them away to people that like would really appreciate them, and um, I gave one to Matt Stagmer. You guys know who Stagmer is? Oh yeah, uh, he, yep. uh, he uh He has a YouTube channel called That Works, and so I gave one to him. And of course, he goes over to his engraving setup because he, you know, he does all that hand engraving, and he engraved the lightning bolt with a pattern on it, and then gave it back to us. It was nice. so cool, so cool, so cool. Nice. But HT1 Metalworks, uh, it, uh, it's HT1, like the number one, and then Metalworks. He specializes in U.S. Navy trench art using special and rare techniques to create art pieces. And if you go check him out, it's really interesting. I love metal casting. I'm getting into it more. I'm using my induction forge. Um, I was talking with uh, the Onefinity guys this weekend because they saw my reel about milling graphite in a CNC and they were super intrigued. Like, I started hanging out with Morgan and Stone from Onefinity. I had breakfast with them one morning. By the way, Maker Camp, one more thing about Maker Camp is <clears throat> it doesn't feel like you're doing business. You're doing business. There's a lot of business happening in that room. Um, it, it was really cool. So I had breakfast with Onefinity guys haphazardly. Didn't know it was them. Just sat down. And then um, they they were like, oh, I saw your reel about milling graphite. And then we it just went into a whole thing. Because, see, they don't think like that, those guys. They think like milling wood and making cutting boards. And they're trying to get out of that market. Not out, but like they're trying to expand into a different market. And I'm like, yeah, man, graphite. So That's wild. Cool, That's cool, awesome. cool. And get this. they they're, One of their guys lives like two hours north of me. Nice. So he's going to come down and hang out in the shop. Nice. So, Pickle, did you get one figured out yet? I did. And this is somebody, like, I know he's been shouted out before a thousand times, probably. I hear him all the time. And his work just blows my mind. And I like what he does. Can I guess and who it is? Go right ahead, my man. Is it Stormlight? Absolutely. Right. <laughs> Are you looking at the post where he's got the four posts or the four pictures, yes, and it's, it's exactly, exactly the one the I was trans- going to pick next? <laughs> transformation of everything, the oh, deep man. edge in there, like, and you look at his other stuff too, and it's just like, 
everything's just so different. Like this other picture where he's got the discs that he he did on the lathe next to his beads. Those are those are amazing. Yes. Um, there's just I don't know the, the colors and all that and the materials and what he's doing with it. These all these scrap ends of steel and transforming them into to items that are sellable and people want. You know what yes. I'm saying? And I'm actually this. All of this reminds me. I had kind of forgotten, Darren. I'm sorry. I'll get that packed up for you. But I'm sending him some offcuts and a a decent, like a ten inch bar of uh, Damascus core copper my nice. that I had did that I had a little leak in, and I didn't want to make anything out of it. So I figured I'd send that out to him. What? How many some, followers does he have now? I know he's Darren got the, has three thousand uh, something. He he worked his way up pretty quick. It's up to three thousand and seventy eight. Nice. Something to take away from Stormlight, I think, is how he achieves his finishes. Because he's he very used, experimental, right? So if I get it that if you just are into knives or whatever, and you're like, oh, that's just not a knife, or you know, but look. Look at his finishes and the colors he gets. Yeah. And then go talk to him or read about how he does it because he shares his process. Yeah, it is it's, it's super wild. interesting. Yeah, it's very yeah. interesting. And it's to watch his rise up, by the way, because <coughs> Pickle and I had kind of a hand in getting him some equipment about a year ago. And um, Well, I was going to buy a screwdriver from him. That's how that all started. Yeah. Is I was gonna buy a screwdriver from him, and uh, and I forgot what the price was on the screwdriver or whatever. But he went through that whole family situation where he ended up having one of his children as a full time child now because mm-hmm. the passing of his ex or something like that. And I was like, you know what, you know, I, I could buy that screwdriver from you for whatever a hundred dollars and change, but if I send you a grinder in exchange for it could you make more money than that $125, you know? And yeah. then he agreed on the, on the deal. So, and it's true that grinder allows him to make product faster and more efficiently and make him money quicker. So I figured that was a good shot, you know? So I shot my shot on that and figured, you know, if I could help him out that way. So I sent him the grinder frame and all that. Brian sent him, uh, some attachment, uh, parts, the D plate and all that stuff. And, yeah, yeah, it's the first like BA shredder revolution, yeah. Franken grinder, <laughs> the BA revolution. Yeah, it's a cool, it's a cool machine. He's got all kinds of like uh, just different parts from different grinders on there. It's cool. Nice. It was fun to be a part of his um, his rise up, his success. So, uh, I'm gonna shout out real quick, uh, Jake over at Metal Chef Customs. I <laughs> I hung up hung out with him this weekend, and um, he made this fucking mask. Yeah. And, you know, Jake is like, he's like, it's like hanging out with a, with somebody like, he's just such a jolly, fun human. Like, he's just great to be around. And then he puts like that mask. Yeah, he's like a cartoon. And then he puts that mask on. It's like, oh, yeah, he's going to kill me in my sleep. I'm gonna, I'm, that's how this works. So, that mask, he brought it to Maker Camp. It was great. And it was funny that he, he would put it on and then he would just walk up behind somebody. Ooh fucking terrifying <laughs> and to watch people's like reactions it was just great so oh hey brian do you have yeah. to have a dad joke of course 
Let me just pull up my dad joke. Let me pull up the database. Speaking of database. speaking of dads, I hear the art of craftsmanships have the has a new you know. I guess he was already a dad to begin with, but you know, has a new baby. That's kind of oh funny. yeah yeah the brother um, uh, Devin yeah yep. he just had another child so congratulations Devin I hung out with Dustin his brother yeah this weekend <clears throat> all right here we go uh, I'm in a band called Dyslexia oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we just released our greatest shit album. <laughs> so just for those of you who are a little on the slow side this morning, it would be greatest hits, but it's shit album because that's dys- you know dyslexia turns all the words around. Thanks for putting those <laughs> dots nice and close there, Brian. <laughs> I, <laughs> hey, sometimes I got to explain some stuff to these guys. You never know. I, I got one for you, Brian. Okay, oh, yeah? go for it. Why the chicken cross the street? Why is that? To go see the dummy. No, no, I wasn't done. Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. I was going to say, that's pretty elementary, but okay. (laughs) Okay, let me start over. Okay. (laughs) Okay. And you you fucked this up for yourself, Cohen, so uh, this is directed only towards house. You know, I say Brian, and you both answer, so I got to get used to that. Uh, So, yeah. Not, uh, why did the chicken cross the street? Why? Why did it cross the street? <laughs> to go see the dummy. Who's knock the knock? Who's there? Not the chicken. <laughs> my my other favorite one. All our all our Texas listeners will appreciate this one. Why did the chicken cross the road? No clue. To prove to the armadillo it can be done. <laughs> if, you, if you live in a place like i do that has a lot of armadillos texas also does you'll you see a lot of armadillo roadkill and it's li- it's like how the fuck can these things not run across the street like you you know you, they just can't they just they get they get nailed so all right listen uh real quick i've got to pull up patreon because we got a question in there no doubt about it and I want to uh, say thank you to uh, all our patrons who are supporting us. And let me pull up the active patron list. I've got a big surprise for the patrons, the active Ooh. patron list. This, All right, so you guys know Ryan from Gnome Hammer Forge. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's a hammer maker. And Ryan uh, approached me at Maker Camp and said he would like to do. So every month, Ryan does a raffle giveaway. Okay. okay. And he is, if you know Ryan or get a chance to know Ryan or, or even look at any of his content, you can see the hustle. Yeah. Okay. This guy's like hustle, 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 hustle. There is a sense of urgency with Ryan and it's mm-hmm. very similar to my sense of urgency. He's quite a bit younger than I am, but he's, um, he's got this, this sense of hustle. And he says, how about this? I will give an entry into my raffle to every one of your patrons every month. Yo. Okay. So if you look at his hammers and you know that like you, all you got to do is be a patron of the work for it podcast and you get an entry into his raffle every month. I pay for these entries. I've bought them Yeah. and, and I've not won yet. So um, <laughs> I, and I want to, but I'm, I have yet to, to win one. Um, it, it's 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 cool. I mean, so it's an added benefit bonus. And I looked at him and I went, "What's the 
what's the deal here? Like, you're not really getting much for this, you know? And he goes, no, I need to, I, he's like, I need exposure. I mm. want exposure. I want to get out there. So he's doing this with working hands as well. So if you're mm. a working hands patron or you're work for it patron, uh, you get an entry into the gnome hammer forge monthly raffle for this hammer that he makes. Okay. Um, that's fucking cool. I'm that's sorry. Wild. It's cool. That's that's an awesome thing. Uh, so let me real quick. We've so got new patrons. If I if I can interject real quick. So yeah. with that gnome hammer forge, you're getting one entry, but then you could also go back and buy more entries every month. Or you can, you can. Okay. Yes. So if and you if want you're... more, then you can. It's right there for you. And if you're a patron of his, let's just say you go into his patron. Patreon and sign up for his, you get 25 entries per. Yo. Right. Oh, shit. So he does like an unlimited raffle, you know, so if you buy in or you're a patron or whatever, you get this unlimited, uh, you know, uh, he has got a un- unlimited spot. So it could, a whole bunch could sell. But the thing is, eventually you're going to win. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're going to eventually get one. Uh, if you're a patron, it's every month. It just automatic. So if you sign up for work for it, you get the added bonus of a an entry into Ryan at Gnome Hammer Forge's uh, hammer giveaway. And we have two more patrons this week: Trey Hill from Third Hill Customs. Yes, thank you, Trey, and Daniel Chapman of Chapman nice. Blacksmithing. Uh, we appreciate you guys for joining up. That makes us that pushes us to a hundred and forty seven mm. uh, active oot, oot. patrons. Hundred and forty seven active patrons. And we've uh, obviously we joined up with our sponsorships this month. We have um, Travis over at Pelican Pace. He just signed up for for that. And then we have Lawrence over at Maritime Night Supply and BakerForge.com. Those that is the reason. All of the the combination amongst all of those things is the reason you do not hear commercials on this. Yeah. Yes, we do ad reads. We shout out our friends. Uh, that's how it works on the good old boy network of work for it. But it is a part of commerce. One real quick thing at the bottom of the show, very end of the show, I want to explain something to to you about how when you hear me talk about how much I love commerce, okay? Mm -hmm. And when I talk about commerce, a lot of people think, immediately think money, right? They think business, money, they think uh, of uh, margins and profits and all of this. When I'm standing there in maker camp, and I'm talking to a bunch of people who are my customers, by the way, people who have purchased from Housemade and and have uh, supported my work, whether it be through Patreon, even just listening to the podcast or sharing the podcast link with a friend. Those are that is commerce to me. When I was at Maker Camp and I was talking to all the people who um, who had supported my work or just anybody, I'm doing commerce there. And it means the world to me that I'm able to walk around and talk with these people, get to know them, genuinely care about what they are doing with their time on earth because it is a very brief blip that you get here and that I could have a a part of their success. To me, that is just as important and that is also my definition of commerce. Not just the money part, not just the profit part. Money and profit and margins are all play a role in this. They have to. For business to be sustainable, it has to have a margin. But the the beauty, and you can ask anybody who saw me at Maker Camp, I never stopped talking. I was talking with people all weekend, three and a half to four days of talk, 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 talk. What can we do? How can we make this better? Can we do something here? Okay, you want to forge, but you need it a little different? Okay, what's your idea? We did this 
over and over and over again, and that's part of commerce too. Together, we rise up. A rising tide lifts all ships. And I was in a place where a bunch of people felt the exact same way. And it was a beautiful gathering of humans that all felt the same way. So I appreciate you guys for reaching out to me at Maker Camp. I hope to see you there next year. Um, and if you're a part of our support here at Work For It, just remember you don't have to be a knife maker. I know we make we talk a lot about knife and steel. Uh, the the reality of it is is that we talk business in the workshop, and all of the same the, these same concepts apply to anything you're doing wood, leather, crafting, whatever it might be. I hope you pull something away from it and join up to our patron. And if you are a patron, you get a chance to actually ask us a question in the messages portion. And um, uh, let me see here. Bah, 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 bah. I've got one here. Um, one, two, three blocks. Okay. Actually, I don't think I have a question. Oh, no. After show. I have messages, but nobody really asked a question per se. No questions? Guys, here, you here. need to get on it. <clears throat> Let's get some so, questions going. So one of the things, though, that uh, did come up was there was a lot of discussion about Alexander Sloat's uh, dilemma about the $15 knife he was making for the leather maker. Mm. Um, and a lot of comments below that post, uh, people talking about, um, you know, his approach, you know, to it. So I, I appreciate everybody who kind of wrote in. Brian Hinnenkamp wrote in a bunch. And, yeah. Okay, so we don't have any questions. I have a suggestion. What's that? Let's make us. Yeah, let's do it. How about we make this coming after show us having questions to the Patreons? So by the time we transition over, we have to come up with questions and we expect answers from the Patreons. <laughs> How the fuck am I going to ask them a question? What? I guess. <laughs> I guess maybe we could try that. We, um, I, I don't know. Since we had no questions, I thought maybe we could be the ones asking the questions. You know, I, I, I agree. I think that's a good idea. I want. I don't know if I have one specifically, but I did have a topic I would like to discuss in the after show, right. and it's something that's been on my mind because. Okay, so today's date. Uh, you're listening to this would be October twelfth. Uh, just so you're aware, there is like no time between now and Christmas. Right. And all the holidays. And I want to discuss what ramp up looks like mm. for the holiday season. Because companies, you've heard the term Black Friday. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. It's the Friday after Thanksgiving. And why is it so important? And why do they call it Black Friday? And I'm gonna I'm gonna go through that and and so if it's important for a big corporation that sells things it's important to a small person, small corp, that sells things, okay? And I want to talk about why that's so important and the fact that it's damn near a month away. Yeah. Okay? So let's let's bring that up in the after show and talk about that because if you listen to the after show, you're going to hear my strategy for Housemaid and what we do for Black Friday and how we ramp up to Christmas, Okay. So make sure you go over to patreon.com forward slash work for it. And for as little as $10.80 a year, we're going to have to redo that intro, by the way. And I had a, I was having breakfast with Dennis a couple days ago and um, we were talking about what we were going to do for a, a new intro um, for something different nice. for the show. And uh, we're going to change that up. But for $10.80 a year, you can you can participate in the show. You can keep it commercial free. And you get a chance to listen in to all the business secrets, the trade secrets that we talk about. 
and it will definitely bring value to you and your making career. You guys got anything else you want to shout out? No, man, I feel like you did a great job. Um, I'm always, I love doing this with you guys, and I really appreciate you all that support us. Let's get into that after show, eh? Unfortunately, this is your last episode, Brian. Oh! <laughs> all right, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>